Hi, I'm Peter Tragos, host of the Lawyer You Know podcast and YouTube channel. The saying goes, everyone hates lawyers until you need one. Well, I'm here when you need one to answer your questions and give you insight that you didn't know you needed. Along with my partners, Pete Sardis, the professor, who has a finance and business background, and George Tragos, my dad, and the conciliary, a criminal defense giant, we can answer any questions you have. Hi, everybody. Pete Sardis here for The Laura You Know, and today we are talking about episode eight, the final episode of the Hulu miniseries, The Dropout, entitled Lizzie. But before we do that, as always, if you enjoy the episode, give me a thumbs up. If you've enjoyed this series, please subscribe to our channel. And as always, leave me questions and comments below. I know you all know this, but I'm obligated to provide my legalese disclaimer. I'm going to talk about this episode and I'm going to give you information about what's true, what's not true, and what's true-ish. So if you haven't watched it yet, you don't want me to spoil it, stop the video now and come back later. The rest of you, let's get on it. Okay, let's set the stage. It is October of 2015. John Carew's expose has published. Uh, everybody in the world that had any interest in Theranos already knows that there are problems at Theranos. So what is going on in the company? Elizabeth Holmes, Sonny Balwani, frankly, everybody is on the phone talking to board members, investors, business partners, that this is not true. The story that John Kerr wrote is a fabrication. The people that are providing information to him are disgruntled employees. They don't know what they're talking about. Don't worry, everything is fine, nothing to see here. And really this is true. What wound up happening is they did contact every board member who was of course horrified the day after this story came out. And I don't know if it's because everybody sees Elizabeth Holmes as this brilliant, which she is, brilliant young woman that is, you know, a, a spearheading this humongous effort to revolutionize the way medicine is practiced, uh, to revolutionize at least the way blood tests are done. If it's because it's a Silicon Valley startup and these kinds of companies are notorious for returning humongous uh, returns on investment. I don't know what it is. But it looks like everybody just kind of lines back up and keeps on chugging. They, even in the face of information that absolutely contradicts everything that has been told to board members, investors, business partners, they continue to plow forward as if everything's okay. In fact, Elizabeth Holmes and Sonny Balwani and some others contact every board member, every investor, and it really, nothing changes. Everybody continues forward. Nobody backs away at this time. So a huge, I think, credit to Elizabeth Holmes and Sonny Balwani's ability to calm people down and sell the story, to sell the dream to these folks. The next thing in the episode that happens, and I think is the catalyst to why we are where we are in Theranos now, is Erica Chung becomes frustrated and she sends a letter to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, basically saying that there's a problem in the lab. This is what I consider the start of her whistle blowing. I mean, legitimately, this is when she actually put Theranos in the eyes of federal regulators. So what happens? The Center for Medicare and Medicaid is this organization within the government, and their job is to ensure that medical payments that are going for doctors, lab work, pharmaceuticals, whatever medically necessary for their Medicare and Medicaid patients is vetted and is accurate and things are going the way they're supposed to be doing and that the billing for these things is also legitimate. That's what this 
uh, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid does in part. What happens is Erica Chung sends over a letter which requires the Center for Medicare and Medicaid to investigate to ensure that the allegation is not true. And I think we see it in a great light when this you know, obscure average guy shows up at Theranos and says, Hi, I'm from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid. I need to see your lab. Um, that's pretty much what happened. They just showed up and said, hey, need to see your lab. Got this complaint. Need to just confirm that it's uh, you know, either accurate or inaccurate. That's all we need to do. I believe the Hulu writers, again, phenomenal job, guys, did a great job of kind of imparting to the viewers that this guy shows up and all of a sudden everybody's upstairs in the executive office going, what are we going to do? Somebody's got to talk to him. You should talk to him. Maybe we should talk to him together. The lawyers. No, no, you shouldn't say anything. Okay, you're right. You do it. Me? Yeah, you. I don't know if it really worked out just like that, but that's a true-ish representation of, I'm sure, what happened when this guy just walks in off the street and wants to see the lab at Theranos. The, the CMS investigation, you know, was the catalyst that brought down Theranos, at least from the perspective of the government jumping in for criminal prosecutions, for the civil issues that, in, uh, that happened after this all broke. Let's, uh, let's talk about what the CMS report did. And what I'll do is I'll actually attach it for you so you can read the entire report if you wish. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid published a report. It came out in April of 2016. So it, it took a while, all right? And this report basically said, the people running the lab are unqualified. There is a gross failure in Theranos' management of the lab. There are unlicensed technicians that are confirming lab results that are being provided to medical practitioners and their patients. And because of that, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid uh, determined that the Theranos lab is an immediate threat to patient safety and they shut the lab down effective immediately for two years. Now, to be fair, all of that is true. Now, what isn't true is that it shut down Theranos. What really happened, and the, the writers did say this in the episode, it was kind of a quick blurb, it was only one of the two labs that Theranos was running at the time. Uh, it was a California lab. The lab in Arizona, which actually ran 90% of the blood test that Theranos was running, did pass its inspection. And now, this is Pete Sarda's conjecture, that's probably because Theranos was running third-party, commercially available Siemens machines in that lab, and those results were coming out legitimate. And of course, there's nothing to hide there since you're in fact running legitimate tests at legitimate labs with legitimate equipment, and everything was fine. It was that California lab, uh, Normandy is the code name for it, that was where they were running um, uh, Edison machine tests. That was an absolute disaster, and that is the lab that did not pass inspection. Let's shift gears for a second and talk about how that affects George Schultz. We see George Schultz a little bit before this part of the episode, and he is again in his living room talking to his grandson, and Tyler writes down what he wants to tell his grandfather because he is so nervous to tell him what he has to tell him. And George Schultz doesn't let him finish, says, I know it was you. I know you're the one talking to Theranos. And do you understand that you're going public? Doesn't mean you're going public. You're making me go public. It's my name you're putting out there. And Tyler says, well, it's my last name too, Dad. But I get George Schultz's point. George Schultz's point is, at least at this point in history, 
When you said Schultz, the Schultz family, you meant George Schultz. You meant the diplomat. You meant the guy that brokered peace throughout the world because he's the one that everybody knows who he is. And of course, he is somebody that is a spokesperson for Theranos. He is somebody that is on their board. So he recognized that whatever you do, grandson, is gonna come back on me. I'm gonna have to deal with your mess. Now, the question I'm gonna ask you guys is this. We all know that Elizabeth Holmes is an, intel an intelligent person. Obviously, you didn't get to Stanford if you're stupid. Uh, part two about it is we knew she had a way with at least old white men because apparently old white men stepped in lockstep People that are powerful, people that are intelligent, people that are, you know, m monsters in their own fields. You know, Rupert Murdoch, multi-multi-billionaire. George Schultz, you know, former diplomat. He brought down the Iron Curtain, you know, you know for, for communism, for God's sake. We're talking about huge personalities. How are these people all just following like sheep behind Elizabeth Holmes? And from George Schultz's perspective, is he invested in the company? Yes. Uh, is he being paid $150,000 a year to sit on the board? Yes. Um, obviously, does he have faith in the company? Of course he does. But at what point, and this is what I want from you all, at what point do you not listen or dismiss your own blood, your son, your daughter, in his case, your grandson that comes and says, Grandpa, I work in this lab. I'm looking at what's going on. The technology doesn't work. It's a sham. At what point do you say, hmm, maybe I should have some faith in what my grandson is saying and go do some more research as opposed to dismissing him. Publicly saying that he has no idea what he's talking about uh, and just you know taking the side of Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos, obviously the company that you're backing, and completely disregard what you're hearing. That's the part I guess I still don't understand because if my daughter, my wife, you know, my business partners came up to me and said, hey, Pete, we're in there every day and this is what's going on there. I would at least hope that I would have the semblance to say, wow, maybe we got a problem here. Maybe I need to go over there and look at something myself. Again, you tell me what you think. Would it happen to you? Do you think it would happen to you? Would you be fooled? I don't know. Let me know your thoughts on that particular topic. But the next set of events that occurs in the miniseries is we see Sonny Balwani uh, on the phone and he's talking to what obviously we learn is a lawyer. And did this happen? Absolutely. At this point, everybody's running for their lives because Sonny Balwani is also not stupid. He's been in business. He understands how these things work. He understands what the meaning of a federal regulator shutting down your lab really means for a company in the biomedical or in the healthcare industry. And this is, I think, the great representation of the relationship between Elizabeth Holmes and Sonny Balwani coming to a catastrophic end. It is poetic, in my opinion. This is Shakespearean stuff. This is Romeo and Juliet, where he says to her, you know, do you understand what could happen here? Nobody likes you for you. They follow you because there's something in it for them. And now that there's not something in it for them, they're going to turn on you. And he tells her while she's in the car something to the effect of, you know, we're going to die together as Theranos is imploding. But where are you going to live? Because the house is in my name. So you better figure this out. Because at the end of the day, I'm not taking the fall for you. Another bit of poetic justice I find in this particular clip is when Sonny Balwani is talking to Elizabeth Holmes and she's uh, in her, you know, her blue Tesla and he's talking to her. And he basically says the exact same thing 
that the prosecutors put out on Tuesday before the jury. And what he says is, I worked six years, day and night to help you, and I'm sad about where we are. That is the actual quote on the text message that came out in the trial. And that is what Sonny Balwani's character says to Amanda Seyfried, who's obviously paying, playing Elizabeth Holmes in this scene. I think that's just poetic that that is what the writers picked up on to put in this scene. Great job, guys. I mean, you guys hit this one nail right on the head. And what all this culminates to is the Today Show episode. Let's talk about that for a second. On April 17th of 2016, the Today Show did an episode with Elizabeth Holmes. It did an interview. Again, I will try to post the link to that uh, interview for you. Elizabeth Holmes was interviewed by Maria Shriver. For those of you that may not know, Maria Shriver has been a journalist for many, many years. She was also um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife for many years, who was the governor of California, and of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the actor. So she is the one that does the, uh, that does the interview with Elizabeth Holmes. And she goes in there, and it's the famous interview of, well, what do you think? And it's Elizabeth Holmes basically saying, I'm devastated. And Amanda Seyfried, I think, nails it. Because Elizabeth Holmes was told right before she goes on the camera by her mother, by the lawyers, because at this point, nobody knows what to do. It's, hey, go out there and be honest and be, uh, you know, tell them the truth and, you know, take some responsibility for this, you know, and just be yourself. Well, that's really an interesting comment because she has not been honest. She has not been forthcoming. She has not been herself the entire time she has been the Elizabeth Holmes of Theranos. And she goes up there and does the interview. And again, you'll see the real interview and you saw it in the episode or you'll see it in the episode. And it's just a disaster. And I think the best demonstration about how bad this interview went was you see the actor portraying George Schultz. And he's deer in headlights watching this in disbelief. And I think his facial expression, at least in my mind, says, oh my gosh, my grandson was right. It's all a fraud. It's all fake. Uh, and that's how I think a lot of people felt when they watched this. Well, we're devastated. We're, uh, you know, we wish we would have known about it, but I'm going to be a better leader now. I mean, the company's done. You, you think you're going to survive? Oh no, we're, we're, we're going to do just great. And, and I think that this, for people that understood the meaning of being shut down by CMS, I think this, they could read right through this. It was just parchment paper to them. It was all lip service. But part two of this, um, the Today Show episode is when Elizabeth Holmes comes back from filming and all the people are at the company are watching her and they're all horrified. And she's talking to her mom. And she basically says, actually she does say, mom, do you think if I choose to forget that that's lying? And my wife picked up on this and I'll give her credit for that. My wife said when we were watching the episode that this is what Elizabeth Holmes has been taught all of her life. She's been taught to look the part. You know, when her mom got the phone call from her that she'd been sexually assaulted in college, what is the advice that she gives her by the dumpster? Just pack it away. Don't talk about it. When she meets with the um, the investors from Oracle, the guys that started Oracle, they're like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, we, we, we couldn't even get it to work before we went public. She's basically been told that it's all about hiding it and lying about it until it happens. Make it, you know, fake it till you make it. That was the culture. You know, her dad worked for Enron. And what did she see? She saw people that kept, you know, selling this humongous, wonderful balance sheet until the company implodes and her dad loses his job. So her whole life has basically been this fake it till you make it 
training, and I'm wondering, because my wife picked up about it, what you guys think about that. Do you think the way she was raised and the way she was been taught to live really was a catalyst that made her run her company and make the decisions she made? Is that what caused it? Because the next thing, which I think is a powerful image, is she takes off the black turtleneck. And I think this is a very good way of the, the writers demonstrating that the Elizabeth Holmes, the fabricated Elizabeth Holmes, from the time Sonny Balwani is grooming her and teaches her how to go sell Theranos, the you know black turtleneck and the fake deep voice, all of that stuff, that all comes off and now she starts her journey to become not the Elizabeth Holmes of Theranos, but what, who we identify to be as Lizzie. So who's Lizzie? Let's talk about the next scene. The next scene is Elizabeth Holmes in bed in, I would just say, a morning with someone other than Sonny Balwani. And who is that person that is pictured there in that scene? None other than Billy Evans. Let's talk about how the relationship of Sonny Balwani and Elizabeth Holmes is diametrically opposed to Billy Evans and Elizabeth Holmes. Sonny Balwani, 19 years her senior. She meets him while she's a child. They have, I mean, child, she's 18 years old, give or take. She, uh, you know, she basically spent her early adult years with him. They're in a relationship for 11 years. They live together. And he's the one, if you believe her testimony, that told her how to dress, drink the green juice, deepen your voice, don't look so, you know, so girlish. You know, you gotta look the part. As opposed to Billy Evans, who is this happy-go-lucky kid, I don't, shouldn't call him a kid, young man, who is eight years Elizabeth Holmes Jr. And what he wants to do is he wants to go to Firefest, he wants to go to Lollapalooza, he wants to have a dog. He, you know, he's all about fun and, and having a good time. And he, he should, you should get a dog and I'm gonna call you Lizzie because that is Billy Evans' nickname for Elizabeth Holmes, Lizzie. So what do we see? The next scene is we see Elizabeth Holmes walking out of the building, which was the Theranos office. Obviously it's abandoned at this point. And her lawyer, who she claimed was her only friend, I don't know if that's true or not, basically is saying to her, how am I gonna live with myself? I was part of this. Who's ever gonna hire me again? Obviously you owe me money and you're asking me for advice. Who are you? And Elizabeth Holmes shuts it down, walks outside and catches her Uber. Hey, are you Lizzie? Yeah, that's me. I'm Lizzie because her mom said, you're gonna reinvent yourself. You're going to be fine. You will, you know, you'll start over. And that's exactly what Elizabeth Holmes actually did. She meets uh, Billy. They go on to have a relationship in 2019. They wind up getting married in a secret ceremony. I don't know if it was secret, but it wasn't publicized. They have a child together. And let's see how strong the bond between Billy and Elizabeth Holmes is after September when Elizabeth Holmes in real life gets sentenced. Speaking of that, um, before the, the, the episode actually ends, Tyler Schultz and, um, sorry, George Schultz goes in to see Carew and gives him the letter basically uh, publicly uh, acknowledging that Tyler was right. I believe needs to be said is different than apologizing to his grandson. And I believe on all accounts, George Schultz never publicly apologized to Tyler Schultz for publicly dragging him through the dirt. I don't know if that's pride, simply because when you're somebody like George Schultz, where you have brokered peace throughout the world, you're just not used to apologizing, so you just don't. I understand that Tyler Schultz did reconcile with his grandfather. I'm not sure how their relationship was after all this, 
But prior to George Shultz's death, they did at least, in fact, have have a personal relationship again, which I'm glad to hear. Um, you then see the closing credits, which talk about what happens to Elizabeth Holmes after the end of that episode. You all know what happened because you've watched the trial. Uh, you've seen the movie. You've seen the documentary. You've read the book, whatever you've done. So you kind of know how it all falls together. The question I want to ask you guys is, what do you think is going to happen to Sonny Balwani? Because one of the things that gets said in the car scene, again, when, she, when uh, Elizabeth Holmes is in her blue Tesla leaving, he basically tells her, everybody's going to abandon you, but not me. I won't turn on you. Do you think he's going to turn on her? Do you think he's going to take the stand and testify, it was all Lizzie's fault? It was all her idea? I didn't do anything? Obviously, the defense is that she was in charge of all this stuff, and he was just an investor like everybody else, and was duped just like everybody else. You, do you think he'll stand by her? I don't think so, but you tell me your thoughts. Also, let me know what you think is going to happen between Billy and Elizabeth when, presumably in September, she goes to prison for a long time. With that, the next question I want to ask you is, do you think Hulu is going to do a second season of The Dropout? Do you think they're going to kind of take it from sentencing or what's happened after the conviction? They're going to do the trial and move it forward? Or do you think they're just going to leave it uh, on a high note and walk away from it? I'd love to hear your thoughts. But regardless, we are still covering Elizabeth Holmes' trial. I'm going to give you some updates in that series when the um, sentencing memorandums come out, when we get to sentencing closer to September. We are also still covering the Sunny Balwani trial. Big stuff happened. You can see that video also. But for now, thank you for joining us on this series for Hulu's miniseries, A Dropout. If you've enjoyed it, give me a thumbs up. If you've enjoyed this series, subscribe to our channel, watch our other content. And as always, leave me questions and comments below. And thank you very much for joining us. Hope to see you soon. Thanks for watching this episode of The Lawyer You Know. If you like this content, please share it with your friends. Make sure you subscribe to our page and like our videos. If you want some interaction, get in the comments and we'll be sure to get back to you. If you want to know any more information about our firm or this page, you can find out in the description or visit tragoslaw.com. We post multiple times throughout the week, so make sure you hit that bell so you can get the notification and not miss out on the next episode.